and we're hot. I mean, it's whatever. We got time. We don't have to be crunching. But. All right. Well, hey, Nick, how are you doing? I am a little tired, but I'm feeling good. How about you, Mike? I am doing great, man. It has been an extremely long time since we've had the chance to sit down and record. What? No. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Right? I mean, let's see here. Since the last time we recorded an episode, you and I both had kids come onto the scene that were no longer that weren't in the mix of things. So yeah. that if that gives you a, kind of a glimpse of how long it's been. Another thing that happened is somebody else made a Wild Minds podcast. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, but to be fair, we also were not the first to use a name similar to that. So I'm not going to throw any shade, but. Nah. Worse things have happened. Yeah. It uh, has been a little too long, though. Hopefully we'll be back sooner for the next episode after this. And I think we will. Life is starting to slow down for both of us, I think. It is. It's finally slowing down a little bit. I'm I'm getting to the kind of the end of my probation at my new job and finishing up some last minute training. Um, the next time you hear me, I'll be officially a certified EMT, uh, which will be really great to have under the belt. And all of my basic training will be finally done. So I'll have a lot more time that I can kind of dedicate. So with all that being said, <laughs> I'm still a father of two, so I'll try to squeeze it in there. somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> you'll do what you can. Yeah, I'm on that one kid schedule, so I can't complain too terribly much. It only gets busier, my friend. <laughs> I'll bet it does. Wait till he starts moving. Uh, just things to look forward to. Mm, well, with that being said, we before we left, we started talking about a couple of different things. Like We had these little mini-series that we wanted to kind of highlight some native species to where we lived at the time, which was southeastern Tennessee. And, you know, as as some people would know, but maybe not all listeners would know, Nick, do you live in southeast Tennessee anymore? No, I, I live in southeast North Carolina now. Yeah, around those big mountains, right? Oh, I miss it. Don't rub <laughs> it in. Yeah, so that's actually another update. So there are going to be some changes coming to the podcast in many forms, but one of those is that you know, we were just talking about, you know, the Appalachian area for the most part. But really, for mine and Nick's sake, we, we've kind of focused on things that were extremely relevant to southeastern Tennessee. But with Nick's big move, we're going to be talking maybe about some stuff that has to do with the coast as well and kind of North Carolina specifically given that Nick has some relevant experience there now. Yeah. For the past year, I've, I've tried my best to be focusing on this area. It's in many ways, completely different than Southeast Tennessee ecologically. So it's been a bit of a challenge to kind of reframe my understanding of, of, of the places that I've lived. Um, but it's very exciting and it's, I think it's, it's cool to broaden the scope of the show. So yeah, we'll be talking about in, in the relative future, we'll be talking about coastal stuff, salt marshes, pine savannas, even just ocean wildlife. It's going to be some neat stuff. I'm excited to learn about it and share what I have learned so far. Um, and I hope y'all are excited to see that 
yeah, it's not Appalachia, but yeah, no, I think it's awesome, man, because this is this is what's really neat about this is I you know I have zero experience with that kind of uh, ecosystem. So and where you live specifically is incredibly unique ecosystem. So I'm not going to spoil the surprises or anything like that. But um, if you want to kind of catch up with Nick and see some pictures of where he's been living at, you should follow him on Instagram at Wild Mind Nick, uh, where he does some incredible photography and you know posts about some of his hikes and stuff like that. Uh, but we will be talking more in depth about you know, those ecosystems and the wildlife and the biodiversity uh, coming up in future episodes. But in the meantime, we are going to talk today about the American paddlefish, which is found in southeastern Tennessee. Nick, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, it's not found in North Carolina. Um, it's not found so. in North Carolina. <laughs> so this will be on my half of the podcast <laughs> this week. Um, yeah, it's 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 found in North uh it's found in southeastern Tennessee in pretty much large river systems, uh, which, and it's a pretty unique fish. If you've never seen an American paddlefish, uh, I think it definitely classifies in our minds as one of those river monsters people think about. I think there was a TV show called River Monsters one time. I think the paddlefish would definitely fall under that. He very well might have caught one of those. I'm not actually sure. They do get pretty big, um, but if if you've never seen one you gotta find an aquarium near you if there is one if you live in chattanooga they've got them at the chattanooga aquarium they are a just a striking fish yeah well i mean the really cool thing is is that they they they're pretty narrow at the back and they get very large very quickly towards their mouth and especially when they swim through the water uh and they like to swim with their mouths gaping open uh, the, so they're, they're huge at the front and then they've got lo- looks like what some people would describe as like, you know, traditionally a swordfish, but it's not, uh, it's more of like a, a spatula. It's very flat, um, like a paddle would be. Uh, and what's funny about that is it actually kind of goes into their, uh, you know, what do you call it? Their Latin naming is actually... Uh, we were just talking a few minutes ago, you know, it's polyodon spathula, which I haven't looked it up yet, but I have to believe that something has to do with spatula because the, the nose on these guys is hysterically long and flat. Yeah. And also probably what you notice immediately is that they're, uh, filter feeders. So they've got these big, wide gaping mouths that they just kind of, flow through the Tennessee river and, and other parts of the Mississippi river basin collecting that plankton. Um, and they are related to sharks actually funny enough, but they're not meat eaters. So I guess they're more related to whale sharks. Maybe, um, I think there's still a bony fish though. So they're not in that same, uh, cartilaginous fish. I think that's an order of fish. And like we said, it's, uh, they're native to the Mississippi river basin, um, so they, re- they really are a very special, uh, fish for the Southeast, um, in that they're endemic to this region. Uh, they like larger, calmer rivers, um, and any waters connected to those, uh, uh, calmer waters, which makes sense. That's where you're more likely going to find those, those plankton and, and, uh, planktonic 
creatures floating around for those for those uh fish to be eating yeah absolutely and the cool thing is is like we we talked about the you know we called them like one of these river monsters these guys can actually grow up to seven feet in length so when we're talking about you know a fish that's going to be in the river basin you know you typically when everybody thinks of you know traditional fish that you'd find in like the tennessee river for example they're going to be thinking like a largemouth bass and you know, a large, largemouth bass, you know, you're, you're talking like 10, 15 pounds is a massive fish. Well, I've actually seen one of these guys pulled from the river. It was years and years ago. It was probably, gosh, probably 15 years ago. And it was on the lower part of the dam where this guy pulled one out. And th- this fish was massive. I think the one he pulled was probably about four foot in length. And I've got a picture of it somewhere on my Instagram. Uh, but it just, I had never seen one before. And if you've not seen one, it will really stand out to you because of their just wild appearance. Um, they look nothing like anything you would expect to come out of the Tennessee River. What can you say? You don't, there's nothing you really have to look for um, to identify them other than their namesake, which is that big paddle. They're the only fish in these waters that have anything similar to that. So you can't miss them. If you, if you see it, you'll know exactly what it is right away. Absolutely. And, you know, what's interesting about these big things is that you know, they are technically a threatened species. So according to the Tennessee Aquariums page, uh, they do have them listed as uh, vulnerable on the conservation status. Uh, And that's for a lot of different reasons. Um, You know, I'm sure global warming is one of them. You know, uh, I do personally know that the Tennessee River is getting slightly warmer every year. Uh, But what I thought was interesting is that they the most sought after they are, they are considered the most sought after caviar uh no I'm sorry the most sought after caviar once came from sturgeon of the North Caspian Sea but overfishing and poaching has caused the collapse of that fishery and more pressure than ever before is being placed on the American sturgeon and paddlefish uh because of caviar and I would never have thought you know that you would be getting caviar from something from something like the Tennessee or Mississippi rivers, because typically we think of them from these cold water uh, seas, but apparently overfishing for these paddlefish and in, in the, the lake sturgeon and river sturgeon uh, is one of the reasons that they're actually in a threatened or invulnerable uh, state, which I, I just find is very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, I believe most of that is actually being consumed overseas. It's not even a, a domestic trade that wouldn't really surprise me because you know i don't know about you but not a ton of people i know really eat caviar i assume that that's most of that's going overseas to where it's more regular i've had it once and that was enough and that's all i'll say about that okay interesting i don't i don't think i've ever had it salty uh but it does also say that paddlefish are good to eat and the, their, you know, their role in the prized caviar industry is uh, very sought after. But with that being said, don't just go out and fish them. Uh, make sure that you can fish them in your state because it's not legal to fish them in every state. Uh, probably because they are actually threatened. Interesting. So double check before you uh, you bring them on the boat. Very interesting. Do you know if they're legal to fish in Tennessee? I think they are. But I'm sure you can check the TWRA app. That's true. Uh, if you have a question. Yeah, that'd be a good place to go check that. TWRA, 
Tennessee Wildlife Resource Agency. It's where you can find your fishing restrictions, fishing and hunting restrictions. Um, yeah, they're very, very interesting fish. Um, you know, some other really cool things about them is typically when we think of fish in general, we don't think of something that's going to live an extremely long time, but these fish can actually live up to 60 years, which, you know, fish and birds in particular are two of those different animals that have kind of wildly surprised me over the last few years. The more I've learned about how long the lifespans of some of these things are. But when you think of a paddlefish, 60 years, man, that's a really long time. Yeah, I mean, to, to think that there's a fish floating around that's older than your parents, it's a weird thought. It is. So I did find this article uh, that talks about, you know, a record paddlefish that was caught. This guy named Henry Dyer in Kingston, Tennessee, snagged a paddlefish which me- measured nearly 80 inches long and bursted, boasted a girth of 44 and 3 eighths inches. That is a, that's a big fish. That is. That's a massive, massive wow. fish. And it was 149 pounds. That is huge. That is just, that's a massive fish. 149 pound fish. Well, you got to remember they're, they're related to sharks. So, you know, that same just get big DNA is there. That's wild. That's pretty wild. Well, that's pretty cool. Is there anything else that people should know about the paddlefish, Nick? Well, yeah, that why the paddle? Uh, and it's not uh, actually the scientific name is not paddle. It's the rostrum. Um, and uh, as, as far as we know at this time, the main reason for the paddle is is a place to have the electroreceptors that are common for similar fish like sharks. You might have uh, been familiar with the fact that sharks actually have these these. Um, organs in their body that detect electricity that's how they hunt because they actually have pretty poor eyesight and so in the case of the paddlefish apparently it helps them detect the plankton that they are hunting so you'll actually notice as they're swimming along in the water they are kind of waving that um rostrum back and forth along with the, it's it's connected like statically to their head so i think part of it is just kind of covering some more real estate to actually soak up that plankton but part of it is also probably just kind of almost waving the baton at the like tsa has at the uh at the airport they're just kind of sussing out where the uh, plankton are so that's kind of a cool thing you can actually watch that watch that behavior at the uh, at the aquarium yeah i actually didn't know that that's what that was for i was very curious to hear your answer on what that was for yeah not as exciting as as like a swordfish but pretty cool um also the it's not just climate change and overfishing that's affecting them and habitat destruction and pollution, you know, the typical water stuff, but they're actually getting outcompeted by an invasive species right now, specifically in Tennessee, but I'm sure other parts, uh, which is a huge problem. If you own an aquarium, you've probably heard of this zebra mussels. Oh yeah. Um, really? That's, that's the big competition for them for the zooplankton, I assume. Yeah. They, they just are, I mean, mollusks are actually way better uh filters than fish are as far as i understand i mean they're just constantly on it and they reproduce really really well so these zebra mussels are just they really like the tennessee river um and and that whole uh watershed um all those waters they just they really like it um and so i know that twra has been fighting them and tva have been fighting them like crazy 
so if you ever have a if you have an aquarium and you have specifically plants a planted aquarium with live plants you always want to make sure they don't have these zebra mussels they a lot of these plants come from other countries and if they're not properly cleaned they can have these mussels on them and if however way you dispose of your water or your plants if that makes it into the water system it's over done they start reproducing like crazy and they can really mess up ecosystems so not just the paddlefish, but a lot of other other uh, fish and and native mollusks are affected by these. So keep an eye out, keep a double check your aquarium, make sure you don't have these things in there. It is a huge problem. So that's fascinating because I I I will be the first to admit that I just don't know a whole lot about the the water side of ecology and the the fish species and things like that. So I did see something recently talking about Lake Michigan in particular and the zebra mussels. And that you can literally see shipwrecks in Lake Michigan so abundantly clearly right now with drones and just flying over because of the number of zebra mussels have the lake so clear right now. And that is just fascinating. That goes into the, what you were talking about, like they're, they're incredible filter feeders. And you're right, TVA and TWRA at all of the boat ramps have signage everywhere. Asking you, like, you know, if you're pulling your boat out of the ramp, make sure you are not just, like, rinsing it out. Like, we want you to dry the boat and make sure you're emptying all your live wells and everything like that. Because it apparently is a truly massive problem. Yeah, and this, and also if you're fishing and you, you know, maybe um, catch some feeder, some some bait fish in one uh, lake, don't just dump your your trash at the end of the day. Your trash fish, like the, the rest of those, don't just dump them in some other lake at the end of the day dispose of it in the trash because you might be picking up yeah zebra mussels but also other invasive species that might be somewhere around like asian carp or whatever i was gonna say asian carps the the good old go-to well fascinating huh well i actually learned just even researching these fish because like i said i don't know much about fish in general and i know you like to fish but some of the stuff that we learn about these as we you know go through the process of researching for these episodes it does impress me how much species like this are are so unique and so fascinating, and yet we know so little about them as the general public. Even though I go, I, you know, I've been to the aquarium, I don't even know how many times in downtown, but all I can say is, oh, there's a paddlefish, it's pretty cool. Like, could not tell you nine-tenths of what you just told me about paddlefish. I think that's, you know, that's kind of why we started this, though, is just kind of start learning ourselves one step at a time, one bite at a time and invite people to do it with us. Absolutely. I mean, that's literally the whole thing. I mean, you just sitting down in a coffee shop one day and, you know, we were talking back and forth about an article that we were discussing. And then I said, would you want to start a podcast? (laughs) So you never know where your conversations might take you. Well, is there anything else I should know about a paddlefish? Because I feel like I don't know hardly anything and you've got all these facts for me. I mean, you had some cool stuff in there too. That's, I I think that's all I've got. Um, other than just let's protect our waterways. Absolutely. The paddlefish. Uh, and, and, oh, actually I do have a cool one. Um, specifically about uh, where the paddlefish lives. So it is not endemic to North Carolina at this time. And for the longest time, um, that was believed to be the case. But then in the like late, I want to say it was in the late 
40s or 50s, there was a professor somewhere in North Carolina or, or a ecologist or some 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 person who was studying the paddlefish was saying it seems like these fish were in fact in the state waters at some point in time and they were here naturally. Um, most people disagreed. They said there, there just wasn't really evidence to support that. Um, and there's been some fishermen here and there that have that have claimed that they've pulled up paddlefish, but no pictures, no live specimens, okay. no dead specimens. There's just been no proof. However, uh, there was a newspaper. Cl- there's been a couple of newspaper clippings found describing from from reputable newspapers describing these fish being pulled up that date back to like the 18. I want to say the the late 1800s. I want to say it was the 1870s. Yeah. Um, really? So there is some possible evidence that the the paddlefish may have actually existed here in the western part of North Carolina, um, which is cool. Uh, but they're not here now. Like the Nantahala? Yeah, yeah. Like Nantahala area, um, Cherokee Forest-ish area. Interesting. Asheville, actually, is where the, it was. It was in the French Broad River. Okay. I remember um, where this was. So up in Asheville. Okay. Very interesting. Very cool. Very, very cool. Well, I think that's about it as far as the American paddlefish. Like Nick and I both said, if you want to see one of these, uh, obviously you can Google it for yourselves, but we encourage you to visit an aquarium, the Chattanooga Aquarium. If you're in a, I don't know, an hour or two drive of it, it is very much worth visiting. Uh, Definitely plan to spend most of your day there. It's divided into two different sections, but one of the fish that you can absolutely see there is an American paddlefish, and it is worth going and seeing because, you know, seeing these things swim in a large tank and giving you an idea of what that's actually going to look like in the wild is pretty darn impressive, uh, and it gives you better appreciation for it. Well, that tank's actually really cool because it's um, that that tank is actually when you, you say large, it's it's massive. It's actually just supposed to be a cross section of the Tennessee River, but above ground. It's pretty neat. It's definitely worth checking out just for that tank. Yeah, you should absolutely go. If you've never been to the Chattanooga Aquarium, you know, I, I highly advise you go and check it out at least once. Spend the day. It's worth doing. All right. So it's been a while. It won't be as long of a while for the next one, but... Where, what are we thinking? Like like maybe a couple months from now is when we kind of get back in the yeah, swing of things. Yeah, we should be able to get back in the swing of things and uh, start rocking out some episodes here pretty shortly. Um, you know, like I said, I'm about to be done with my probationary period at my new job, and that is going to open us up to some free time as well as doing some schedule changes. So we are very much looking forward to sitting down and doing some serious research and serious recordings. And we also have some really cool ideas getting some people on board uh, as far as guests who are specialists in certain fields that are more than happy to talk about uh, their passion. So we are very, very much looking forward to being able to bring that to you guys. All right. Hold us to it. People blow up our, send us DMS, get angry at us. Let us know that we need to get back on it. Um, Cause it's been, I, I need to, man, I just, I miss it. I miss this. I do too. With that being said, until next time, stay wild. Stay wild. See ya.
Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out our Patreon if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash wildminds. If you're listening somewhere where you can rate the show, please do that. We'd really appreciate it. Spotify is the main one that does that. Mike is on Instagram at Skylines Peter, and I'm at Wild Mind Nick. And you can keep exploring and keep being wild.